Time now for Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. Friday edition of Scoops with Danny Mac, and away we go. We've got a lot of baseball this weekend. The Cubs at uh, the Cardinals at the Cubs at Wrigley Field, and we will visit with Lynn Casper, who is the voice of the Chicago Cubs. Randy Michelle had Mike Schilt on the program this morning. You'll hear a little bit of that. I'm going to dive into what the Cardinals are dealing with um, in terms of going into this series. It's really interesting um, in talking with people around baseball of uh, just what a a busy day it is in baseball. Scotty, overall, five doubleheaders, 20 games scheduled today. The most games scheduled in 46 years in baseball today. Oh, my gosh. So if you like baseball, you're going to get plenty of baseball today. So what you're telling me is when I get off, I'm going to have five doubleheaders in Major League Baseball. I'm going to have two game sevens. I mean, I, dude, I've already forgot about what it was like without sports. I've completely forgot about it. Yeah, so you're going to have plenty of uh, baseball today. Yesterday was an off day. They get one more for the Cardinals September 9th. It's sandwiched between two doubleheaders. The Cardinals are scheduled to play 30 games, if I have this right, over the last 23 days of the uh, season. So they'll make up postponements mandated by the uh, COVID-19 protocol. So the Cardinals have, this is where it gets tough, doubleheader today, or doubleheader on September 5th over the weekend. That is uh, tomorrow. They've got one September 8th, September 10th, September 14th, September 16th, September 18th, September 25th. Ooh, is right. So tonight it's Flaherty and Darvish. And uh, Mike Schilt was asked about managing in this weird season. Yeah, clearly different in every every step of the way. Even the games are a little different in the fact of rules and the preparation, the limited ability to, to gather, you know, everything clearly for all of us that are listening has, has changed. And, and you accept it. You move on to figure out the best way to to create a solution for the ever-evolving game of baseball and the ever-evolving things that that, that are that are around it. But it's back. It's baseball, and I think we all want to see sports back. So it's been good, even without the fans. Uh, the games remaining: Cardinals have thirty, Chicago has twenty-three, Milwaukee twenty-four. Cardinals have five remaining with Chicago. The interesting part is the Cardinals have ten with Milwaukee, ten head-to-head. If you look at the uh, the ranks of the schedule, I was doing this. The Cardinals actually have the second easiest schedule remaining in the National League. The Cubs have the sixth easiest. Milwaukee has the sixth hardest. So if you look at it, you know, strength of schedule, that's one way to go by it. Now you got to play the games. Cardinals have the second easiest. However, it's those darn doubleheaders. That's where it gets really tough, really tough. Um, so... The other part of this, too, is no Dexter Fowler. And this is where the young guys have to step up for the St. Louis Cardinals. Without Dexter Fowler, the Cardinals have the unproven outfielders. Bader, O'Neal, Carlson, Thomas. So doing the numbers right now for the Cardinals. Bader hitting 196, OPS 796. O'Neal hitting 178. Carlson 176. Thomas 083. So, Mike Schilt, trying to be patient with some of these young guys. You know, we, we always look, you know, when you have young players, patience is required. I mean, uh, you know, regardless, I mean, there's very few people that, that start their career, whether baseball or your occupation or coaching or 
whatever that you know everybody that started their career needed a little bit of a pretty much an opportunity to find out and get their footing and, and have a learning curve to it you know there's very few just absolute rock stars that just show up and and just go into something that's really challenging like our game and and just take off so the patience is required for development and you know but that patience you allude to is not something that you know we have high expectations that we don't regardless of circumstance we don't shy away from with the with the St. Louis Cardinal organization patience 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 so you had the uh, the three days kind of the mental break a reset for Dylan Carlson my guess is that he's back in the lineup tonight but we're about to find out from Mike Schilt yeah, I think that's a great way of looking at it because people sometimes just don't, and then understandably, they just know the name, they know the talent. He's had good spring training. He's really a super talented young man. He's going to have a nice career. But the fact of the matter is, you know, that's one of the reasons that the learning curve is taking place more at the big leagues is because guys go them through the minor leagues so quickly. And it's a credit to their ability. These guys are physically more advanced than they, they've ever been. Um for a variety of reasons we don't need to get into. But, you know, but you do look up and you realize that you've basically played with people in your peer age group with with close to similar experiences your entire life. And then you make that jump to the big league, big leagues, and now you've gone and you've broadened not only the age level you're competing against, but more importantly, the experience level you're competing with at this level. So right now, Dylan Carlson hitting 176, OPS of 498. With Fowler out, um, somebody's got to play, you know, and with Brad Miller stepping up the way that he has with the designated hitter, he's going to be your DH. Carpenter's going to play third base. Now you do have other options, and here are the other options. Does Austin Dean come up? Does Ron Hell Ravello go in the outfield? That's another guy to keep an eye on. He can't play left field. Um, Tommy Edmond. Does he go in the outfield? That's something to think about, too. But you're going to give these young guys a little run here. I want to go back to the doubleheaders because I'm getting questions about those on the text line. 65780. Uh, Danny Mack, can you run through those doubleheaders? Yes. So, and I'm getting a lot of those. The Cardinals have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more doubleheaders left. Another one tomorrow, September 8th, Minnesota, September 10th, Detroit, September 14th, Milwaukee, September 16th, Milwaukee, September 18th, Pittsburgh, September 25th, Milwaukee again. Ten games remaining with Milwaukee, and uh, Mike Shield saying he doesn't mind managing these doubleheaders again there's seven innings yeah i got I, that that um i can echo that i, I don't mind them I, I you know i dealt with them in the minor leagues and you know i think for for i mean look you know moving forward you don't expect to have them like this i mean hopefully we break out of this covid world at some point for for beyond baseball um but you know you, you just you don't expect to have them that frequently at the major league level um if it's going to be a new somewhat norm the seven innings just make a lot of sense we talk about the pitchers clearly you know you you want to make sure that we're taking care of players health seven innings is a competitive game um it is what it is you can you can manage it you can strategize for it but seven innings is is a competitive game um and it makes sense for the pitching and it also makes sense for the position players because, you know, that's a group that probably does. That's the lunch fail group, right? That, you know, people rightfully so talk about the protection and we do our best to back to Michelle's point earlier. You know, we, the fine line between competition and, 
and taking care of our players has also taken place on our pitching side. And I feel like we've done a really good job. Communication has been a big part of that with our pitchers. Um, we're not going to – I think we've proven that. We've been able to take care of our pitchers and, and pass the ball around, as Mike Maddox, our pitching coach, would say, and, and still been competitive, clearly. But the position players and doubleheaders, and, uh, and a lot of them light up, you know, those are the guys that are out there on their feet getting after it, running the bases and grinding. And uh, we try to do the best we can to take care of them as well. So the seven innings does make some sense for that standpoint also. 314, Danny Mac, thoughts on the seven inning games? Personally, I love them. Um, yeah, I, I'm enjoying them. I think the competition is better in the seven inning games too. Um, what we're seeing, I, I think, in baseball this year is that more and more we're seeing maybe the, the 4A player, you know, not necessarily a AAA player, but a 4A player, in particular the pitching, is is up for instance i think there was a game yesterday or the day before there's 12 walks in the game um it's not quite as sharp it is we've seen in past years with major league talent so 4a talent comes up and they're not quite major league guys so the seven inning games it's just better just better i i don't know if i want to see them all the time maybe this is something going forward to where it does buy you an off day gets guys rest in a regular season add another round of the playoffs so you may have that going forward in 2021 players may you know want to do this too so it had to be negotiated uh going forward so it's something that uh, could happen um yeah but for this year definitely i like it i definitely like it uh again we're going to visit with lynn casper coming up we're going to talk about the cardinals and the cubs Doing some numbers here, 11 of the 25 games between these two teams at Wrigley since the start of 2018 have been decided by two runs or less. Cardinals are 7-4 and four in those 11 games. Cardinals, by the way, so far, 3-5 and five in one-run games. A lot of tight games so far this year. It's been fun. They're back on the field. It's baseball. We'll visit with Lynn Casper coming up on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. One of the great voices in Major League Baseball is the voice of the Chicago Cubs, and that is Len Casper. And we weren't sure if we should call him Len or Mr. Casper, so I'm going to go with Mr. Casper. Mr. Casper, how are you this morning? What's going on in Chicago? Well, Danny Mac, uh, everyone can call me Len, but uh, you have to call me Mr. Casper. So that's the deal from here on out. Wow. I appreciate it. Put me in my place. I appreciate that, Len. (laughs) Uh, Things are okay. You know, it's uh, it's been a a strange, uh, bizarre uh, baseball season, to say the least. Uh, Cardinal fans know that better than anybody. Uh, All of the Cardinals-Cubs games will be played at Wrigley Field this year, which is bizarre to think about as well. But uh, I think everyone acknowledges this is a really important series for both teams. Uh, the Cubs have been in a pretty comfortable situation after a 13-3 and start. Uh, they've been three, four, five games ahead of the rest of the division, but down to three and a half right now. And actually, the Cardinals have one fewer loss than the Cubs. So uh, I look at this series as, as really important. And the Cubs basically just have to kind of go 500 the rest of the way and then, you know, basically challenge the rest of the division to, to really pile up wins. Uh, they, they seem to kind of be in the playoffs at the moment. But uh, as I said, anything's possible this year. And, and they haven't forgotten the fact that they lost nine in a row in September last year, including 
that four game sweep at Wrigley field. Uh, so until it's officially official, uh, they're not in and they need to play a little better baseball than they have. So, so 13 and three and then nine and 12, what's been the difference there? Well, the rotation was maybe the best in baseball. The first two and a half weeks, uh, they're, they're dealing with a couple of injuries. Quintana was out at the time, but he came back and a couple of relief appearances looked really good, but he went right back to the IL with a lat uh, issue. Uh, Tyler Chatwood had two excellent starts to begin the year, had a bad one, went on the IL, came back, wasn't very good, and then went back to the IL again. So rotation depth is an issue. Uh, offensively, they've been at times one of the best-looking offenses in the league, hitting home runs all over the place. Uh, but every once in a while, when they don't hit the ball out of the ballpark, uh, they have a game like yesterday where I think they had 15 base runners and scored just two runs. So some inconsistencies there. And then a bullpen that actually got off to a bad start, then got into a really good rhythm. Uh, right now, Jeremy Jeffress has been arguably the best reliever in baseball to this point. But Craig Kimbrell just has not gotten on track. And, and I would say, Dan, that for the Cubs to really go where they need to go, I, I still believe Craig Kimbrell has to be a big part of this. Uh, they have some interesting arms in the bullpen, but they don't have anybody else with a track record like Kimbrell. And, man, he's throwing 98-99 with a nasty curveball. I think the biggest issue is just command for him right now. He's not giving up home runs like he did late last year, but he's not throwing enough strikes consistently, and that's been his biggest issue. How about David Ross? I mean, here he goes from being a player, wins a championship with the Cubs. Now we have COVID-19, and he's in the uh, in the dugout, first-year manager with no managerial experience. It's a tough, tough job anyway. Now to go into this situation, how has he handled all this? Well, I think there's kind of an interesting paradox here, and he, he brought this up before all of this pandemic stuff happened with the three batter minimum and some of the rules changes this year. He said, I, I kind of feel like everything's new for me, so the three batter minimum is nothing that I'm going to have to adjust to. I'm adjusting to everything, and I thought that was a pretty interesting way to attack this season. So then you have a 60-game schedule, and you have all the other stuff that everybody's dealing with and and in some weird ways the fact that he didn't really have a blueprint or a canvas uh might have played to his advantage a little bit i think of some of the other veteran managers who have routines and have things that they rely on to make them comfortable uh to be able to do their jobs those things have kind of been thrown out the window this year so in a weird way being a first-time manager you know once you get through this they, they can throw anything at you and you probably can handle it uh, he knows what he doesn't know. He's got a former manager right next to him in Andy Green. Uh, he's relied on him quite a bit. Seems very open-minded and understands that there's a lot to learn in this job. But I think the bottom line is he was kind of a manager when he played as a backup catcher, uh, sat in on all those meetings, and uh, is not afraid to tell a guy when he needs to do better. And, and that's been the big takeaway is that it's not Grandpa Rossi. Uh, he's a high-energy guy, but he's not afraid to get in somebody's face and tell him. Uh, you're not doing what I need you to do. Lynn Casper, outstanding uh, voice of the Cubs, my guest. Uh, you have added our old buddy, Jose Martinez. Uh, tell us about uh, his role with the Chicago Cubs. Well, it was interesting when uh, he spoke to the media via Zoom the other day. Uh, as you know, he's just full of energy, really oh, yeah. excited. Yeah, really excited to be a Cub. 
uh, was totally pumped about the fact that uh, after that series against the Pirates, it would be Cardinals-Cubs for five games. He said those uh, series and matchups always meant a little bit more. He's got a White Sox background signed with them. His dad played for them. So, yeah, the the main job for him is to come in and improve the Cubs' numbers against left-handed pitching. He has murdered lefties in his career. Uh, He is going to DH a fair amount, and even against right-handed pitching, I think. The Cubs had used their catchers to to DH a lot. Caratini, when Contreras was catching, and vice versa. But uh, Josh Fegley is no longer here, so they have the two guys, and I don't think David Ross wants both uh, in the lineup a lot. So I I think Martinez is going to get a lot of at-bats here down the stretch. Mostly as a DH, uh, you know, he can obviously play uh, the corner spots when needed, but uh, I think they want him for his bat more than anything else. Great matchup tonight. Jack Flaherty, you Darvish. You Darvish has got to be in the conversation uh, for the Cy Young, if we have a Cy Young Award winner uh, this season, but he has been one of the best in baseball. Yeah, I would probably say Max Fried would be number one since he doesn't have a loss. Uh, Darvish would be 1A uh, right now, and uh, there's a guy named Clayton Kershaw who's got an ERA of one and a half. He's, He's been, been pretty good, I, too. Yeah, and maybe Adam Wainwright might be in that conversation. But I, I, I'm with you on Darvish. Uh, he had one bad start, and that was his uh, first start of the season. Uh, the last half dozen have been just outstanding. Cutter-slider combo has, has really been the thing for him. Uh, he's... He throws 11 pitches, I think. He added one called the Supreme this year, which is kind of a sinking changeup. But uh, basically, cutter slider, I think if you told him he could only throw those two pitches, he probably could go shut somebody out. Um, he's pitching with a lot of confidence. He's a slow worker. Uh, one big note for Darvish is over the course of his career, pitching coaches have told him to pick up the pace. And he said, I can't concentrate on my pace and throw quality pitches. So, uh, I hope you have a lot of uh, stories to tell tonight, Dan, because he will take his <laughs> sweet time. But uh, he's been fun to watch. Uh, he knows exactly what he wants to do, and he's been able to execute it. And on paper, this is going to be one of the best pitching matchups we've seen this year. Is this the final run, in, in your opinion, with this core group that won the championship, Lynn, uh, of the Cubs, those guys that have a year or two left on their contracts? And, and we don't know what's going to happen uh, going into – this offseason it's going to be crazy in baseball because of what's happened with uh, the economics of the sport but is this the the final run of that core group you think i would say 2020 and 2021 would probably be that final run chris bryant will be a free agent after next year javier Baez as well these guys are not getting any younger they're certainly not getting less expensive so yes i, I think this year next year uh, john lester has an option for next year my guess is it will not be exercised but i think he wants to stay uh, a chicago cub uh, so i would anticipate he would be back next year jose quintana is going to be a free agent uh this this offseason so yeah the changes are coming uh they would like to think they can keep this thing rolling with some young guys coming up uh, adding to the mix but uh, I agree with you on the economics. You just cannot keep groups like this together forever. And so I would say by the end of next year, uh, that, that core group will probably change a fair amount. I, I, help me with this one. Joe Madden wins and wins and wins and wins the World Series in Chicago, and yet he's not the manager of the Cubs. I, I just didn't get it. Um, you're there every day. Why did that happen? 
I, I just I felt that anybody that won the championship in Chicago, that you're you're there forever. I, I know nothing's <laughs> not you know nothing lasts forever, but I just didn't get it. Well, I, it's a long conversation. I'll try to make this as short and sweet as I can. Joe said at one point, five years managing the Cubs is like ten years uh, yeah. someplace else. Yeah, and and I and I think there is something to be said for that. Um, it was time to move on. I think for everybody, uh, the things that work, and, and I, I, I'm going to be surprised if there's another Bruce Bochy like run. Uh, or a Tony Larusa like run in that manager's chair, Dan. I, I think change is inevitable, and and five six years might be the cap on most managers. Uh, and and when you have one kind of personality, you tend to kind of go in the opposite direction. And I don't know if it was opposite per se, but I do think that Joe was viewed as a player's manager. He he gave his players a lot of responsibility. And I think that the change kind of tightened up the, hey, just because we won the World Series in 16 doesn't give us a lot of leash here. We're, we're, we're trying to win another championship. And I think at times, you know, some of the players may have lost focus. I don't think that's Joe's fault. And I don't think he was blamed for that. But every once in a while, when you change uh, the messenger, even if the message is somewhat the same, uh, it can it can maybe uh, unlock something in one of these players. And uh, I, I think in the end, it worked out great. Here's how I put it. Joe's legacy is secure in Chicago. If he, if this team had gone another year or two and hadn't kind of gotten back to where they were before, uh, I think some fans may at some point have turned on him uh, because that's the nature of this business. I think of Mike Ditka, uh, who coached mm-hmm. the Bears through, what, 89-90, even you know, five years after they, they won the, the Super Bowl. Joe's legacy is intact. He will be considered probably the greatest manager in Cubs history. He got to go back to the place where he started in uh, Anaheim. And David Ross was kind of the guy who everyone thought was going to take this job at some point anyway. So, you know, I wouldn't say there were no hard feelings at the time because uh, that's the way this works. But I think in the long term, everybody involved would say no hard feelings Joe won the ring and will have his place in, in Cubs history forever, and you move on with the next guy. Yeah, it's well put. Final point or final question, I guess. It's a Friday. It's not a day game at Wrigley. It's the Cubs, it's the Cardinals, and there are no fans. It's going to be weird. A night game at Wrigley with no fans. It, it is weird, and, you know, I've I've tried to embrace just the, the change and the strange nature of this season, especially the games on the road, as you know, can be uh, particularly challenging. Um, but I ask our audio guy to crank up the fake crowd noise to, uh, <laughs> to kind of give, give us that, that, that sense of, of normalcy. Um, the fact that you can't see the fans is the hard part, but I hope it sounds normal. Uh, I think that's kind of the, the, the way I've gone about it. And, you know, when you get into the ninth inning and it's uh, Jeremy Jeffers against Matt Carpenter, bases loaded, tie game, what have you, uh, I think the players feel it, but you're right. It's weird, and I cannot wait till we get back to 40,000 in the ballpark. Yep, can't wait to see you, Lynn. Always great to catch up. Thanks for doing this. Thanks. I appreciate it, Danny. You got it. That's Lynn Casper, outstanding play-by-play voice of the Chicago Cubs. More coming up, 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. 
Yeah, I'm a pretty present guy, as you know, Randy, and evaluate what we have and stay present with my time and energy. But you can still take a step back, and I think it's appropriate maybe on an off day to look back. There's just the amount of respect, and you know, it's almost indescribable because, you know, like you say, it's historic. It's, it continues to be historic. I mean, what we're continuing to do is, is something that's not even been close to have happened in the history of our game, and we're doing it pretty daggone well. But you look back and you realize that if you think that you lose a third of your roster, half of your coaching staff, you don't get to participate in baseball for two weeks. For three days, every player gets a 20 to 30 minute window to throw or to play catch or to hit off a machine and to take a few ground balls and to come back and to win your first series back and to compete to the level that we've competed at, at the major league level, the highest level. You've got pitchers that have come in and pitched in the series in Chicago that didn't even throw a live batting practice. And guys like Meisinger, who hadn't pitched in a game in a year, are pitching in a game without missing about five steps that would take place prior to typical competition. We have 13 players make their Cardinal debut basically in three days. And to do what we've been able to do to keep things how we've kept them and to continue to do so is speaks volumes to our entire organization. The players get the utmost credit for it by staying mentally and physically ready to compete, and they deserve that credit. We do our jobs as staff, but I will say, based on some unbelievable, unusual, um, hopefully never-to-be-seen-again circumstances, our organization was able to step up and people were able to step into roles and we were able to, to, to keep this thing, you know, we did our jobs, but people did their jobs really well um, medically, you know, from our clubhouse group, from our field staff, clearly across the board, there's people that did unbelievable, unbelievable work. And, um, but we um, are where we're at now and we move forward and we, continue to put our heads down and figure out a way to, to continue to find solutions to help us win baseball games. Man, does that put it in perspective, what they've been through? Sometimes you don't think of it that way. It's easy to lose perspective, what the club has been through, and yet they're in second place and a chance to maybe go in first place, depending on how things roll out this weekend at Wrigley. And that was what I was mentioning earlier on today, Dan, is that I already forgot what it was like without sports. I am not forgot of course what the Cardinals went through but now that we're in the middle of the season and games are being played at a rapid pace it's like you you sometimes forget that you sometimes forget that a month ago we didn't know the next time the Cardinals were going to play and now we here we are the five game series with the Cubs and it's like wow this is the biggest series of the year it is and uh I had forgotten that they when they were coming back there was times that players were stretching because they had to be socially distanced when they we're coming back, I think, after the second time. Literally, players were in the parking lot, so they had designated times, but they that's where they would stretch and then go in. Um, so they would stretch and then go in for their 20 to 30 minutes to go hit or throw or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, you don't want to make excuses. You know, it's it's big boy time, right? I mean, it's this what they had to do uh, deal with to get back, and there's no excuses. It's Major League Baseball, but, man, they have been through – a lot to get to this point so now we're getting stretched out you know Flaherty go a little bit deeper tonight you would think that he'd get around at least I would say 80 to 85 90 pitches and see how efficient he can be 
Uh, his catcher, by the way, will be Yadier Molina. This will be his 100 and seventh career game at Wrigley. 107 games he's played at Wrigley, which will tie him with Kurt Flood, seventh on the all-time games played by Cardinal at Wrigley Field. Stan played 203, Brock 130, Red 126, Slaughter 123, Rogers Hornsby 113, Boyer 108, Flood 107, Molina 107, and he keeps on climbing. Two more moves he can make during this series, which I, I do find this fascinating. Uh, Molina, 158 home runs after his homer the other night. Tied with Johnny Mize, 10th all-time now. 928 uh, runs batted in. So he's one shy of Ted Simmons. One shy of Ted Simmons for 7th all-time. And don't look now. This would really be a benchmark for, I think, a lot of national people that look at you know where he's at for the Hall of Fame. But he is 14 hits shy of 2,000. He's 14 hits of... 2000 that's that's hall of fame numbers and it was this date that he picked up his 1000th hit uh home run uh or as a home game against the Mets so pretty neat and that's where he's going at uh some some of those milestones this weekend as he heads into Wrigley and it is a night game at Wrigley and people want to know you know why is in a day game it's for ratings so you you know it's a 60 game season you're trying to maximize those uh ratings for radio and tv and that's why you don't have you don't have fans in the stands you got fans at home they're all at work some are at work some are at home working but you're maximizing the most uh, eyeballs on your tvs and you want to put them at prime time so that's why it's not a 120 it's a night um night game so don't have a 120 start yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all, I'm fine with it. You know, for for me, even though I'll be done working probably by then at 1:20, a lot of people aren't. So it makes sense. I mean, seven well, that's o'clock. Why you have a, well, that's why there's no day games unless exactly. there's double headers. You're, all these games are at night. It's perfect. I, yeah. I I enjoy it. And you know what? I've really enjoyed those 5:30 starts this week, Dan. Can, can we keep doing that? That's well, awesome. Those were Eastern starts, Eastern time zone. So Cincinnati Eastern time zone. That's why you had the early starts. But primarily, if you look at um, the start times across the board, I'm not talking hockey. I'm talking baseball here. Those were too late. Too Gosh. late. I didn't like those start times. But um, that's why you have these start times at, you know, 7 o'clock. You're, you're trying to maximize the dollars that you can. You're not putting fans in the seats. Um, so you're, you're trying to get, uh, you know, prime time that you can maximize, get your ratings, and, and that's what we have. Trying to drive the interest of the sport as much as you can. Makes sense. Yeah. So let's cross it over. Ribs BK coming up next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Ribs and BK coming up. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. 1056 here in St. Louis. Big weekend coming up, but before that, we got the big show. So, BK, what do you got? Oh, we have a lot today. Brett Hull, the Hockey Hall of Famer, awesome. is going to join us coming up at 11.15. And I basically just want to set up Jamie Rivers and Brett Hull to have story time. So, we'll do that <laughs> yeah. coming up here in just about 20 minutes. And Buster Olney of ESPN.com is going to join us at noon. Dan, before you get us out of here, because I know you try to throw us off the air with you as quickly as wow, you can possible. I don't do that. But wow, I don't get that I'm feeling, saying, Dan. Thank you. I don't do that. What do you think happens with Matt Carpenter? What are we um, going to see here? Well, oh, as he paints you into a corner at the same time. 
<laughs> no, I, I'm I'm thinking about it. I you got a lot of double headers coming up, so I think playing time gets spread around. Mm-hmm. I really do. I you can't take Miller out of the lineup, so he's your DH. Um, I think Carpenter plays, and I think Edmund. It's going to be rotation outfielders. I do. I think Carpenter plays. If he does not perform well, and I know I'm asking you to project here, but when if and somebody when else has Fowler to step up, back, yeah. I mean, until somebody else steps up, Carpenter plays. Yeah, make so, it hard on them to yeah. choose differently. Right. I agree. So the veteran plays. I mean, the other guy's got it. So, for instance, uh, I did some numbers coming in here. Bader's hitting 196, O'Neal 178, Carlson 176, Thomas 083. Okay. So Edmund goes to the outfield. Carpenter plays because he's got a track record of at least a long track record. These other guys don't, right? Yeah. So what do you want to do? It's a tough spot for Mike Schultz. I do not envy his position right now. Now, there are some other options. There's Ravello. There's Austin Dean. Now, do you bring those guys up and give them a run? That's something you could think about. I mean, there there's some other things you can do to mix and match, but you, you wait till somebody else takes it and runs. That's what I would think. If there's one guy in the outfield not named Dylan Carlson that's going to do that, who do you think it is? Because I think Dylan Carlson's going to play every day, and you've got Tommy Edmond. He seems like yeah. he's probably going to play every day. Who do you think the third's most likely to be? I would like to see Bader get a little bit of a run. I, I thought he was starting to make... Um, I, I was starting to see some strides being made, and then the, he got the the migraines, and then didn't play. Maybe he gets that chance. You're in Wrigley Field, not an easy play to play uh, place to play defense. Maybe he gets a chance to play in the in center field. Let him play. Um, but that's something to look at. What do you think? I, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I've we were on the Tyler O'Neill hype train, and we loved what we saw the first week of the season. But he hasn't got back on track now. He hasn't. It's just it's looked really ugly too. It's not. We looked up his numbers against fastballs the other day. It's crazy. This is a guy that came up being known for being a dead red hitter, and he can't hit the fastball right now. I, I don't understand what's happening there. So I I don't foresee him being the guy. I I think Bader's probably got the best chance. I I'd like to see some more Lane Thomas too, though. And so. Lane Thomas hadn't had a sustained run, you know, a week long of games. It's hard to get in a rhythm unless you play. Mm-hmm. So, and you run out of time. I mean, you, you got three weeks left in the season, or three and a half weeks. Big series this weekend, too, Dan. This you is have, huge. You have seven yeah, kind of doubleheaders left. You got September 5th, 8th, 10th, 14th, 16th, 18th, and 25th. Six in the next two weeks. Right. It's crazy. It, that The timing of this Dexter Fowler IL uh, couldn't have been any worse. It, no. Because he's been great. He's been exactly what you signed him yeah. to be so far this year. Agreed. All right, guys. Have a good show. Well, thank you, Dan. We'll I'm have plenty we to talk to about this. on Tuesday, I'm sure. You say, I told you Lane Thomas should have been playing, and you yell at me and everything else. <laughs> no, have a no, great he's show. Never right. Love it. We'll see you on uh, Tuesday. All right, 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.